Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What up, everybody? I'm drunk right now, Josh. I wish I was drunk, but I'm not drunk. I can't drink. But maybe maybe there's a product on the market today that I can take that makes me feel like I'm drunk. I don't know. But the topic of conversation, it kind of stemmed from a Facebook post a couple weeks ago. Um, somebody had posted, I think it was our buddy Bruce, had posted this new product that exists. And quite frankly, I didn't even take that much time to dive into it because I was like, ah, this is a fad. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pass and fail. But the topic of conversation is like better for you alcohol, which seems... I mean, from a fitness enthusiast like myself, seems fucked up. I mean, I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense. But I think, it, you know, it's, it's funny too. Like me and Danielle, who works on the FI brand, she was she brought up this point the other day. She goes, "It's kind of funny that these alcohol commercials promote the amount of carbs in their drinks when yeah. it's alcohol." You know, and I was like, "Well, think about it. Like people want to limit the amount of bad." That comes with alcohol, but they're, they're still willing to drink eight, nine, ten drinks and get shit-faced to hop in the car and drive home. So I don't know where to start, Josh. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people even know that the alcohol actually has calories. Like an, Seven like a gram calories of, per yeah. gram of carb, which your normal yeah. carbohydrate is four grams. Keep in mind, how does that work? It's alcohol. That's why people who drink yeah. excessively are fat as fuck. It happens. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought this conversation would be interesting. One, because obviously you're on prep right now, so like you're not going out to the bars, you can't party um, like you used to. But there's still a lot of people in this kind of like sober curious movement. It's 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 a weird uh, label to this. Obviously, a hipsters created this one, but it's essentially like you have professionals, uh, you know, healthy individuals, people that have demanding jobs, like these, you know, somebody like you and I really yeah. like are saying. We can't go out and have our few beers like we used to because, like, we don't want to have that foggy hangover the next day because literally the next day we have to perform at our highest level. It's like a consistent battle that our lives in this, like, cycle. So you still want to go out with your friends. You still want to party with your friends, but you don't necessarily want to go out and, you know, get drunk like you used to. So there's products now in the market that are kind of filling that need. And you have, like, you know, this – movement of like lower alcohol content beers, like so like super light beers that are being out there, you know, that kind of got started around with like the Michelob Ultra, um, but you're having more like brands kind of embrace this and kind of think about flavor of the beer, but still um, have it uh, be lower alcohol, lower calorie. You're having like this movement around like mocktails, like so cocktails without the alcohol, right. um, which as any kid growing up in the Midwest, you probably had a bunch of Shirley Temples and, and those things that didn't have any alcohol in you. That's a thing that's been around forever, but it's now moved into like adulthood. And then you have then moving away from like even the idea of like like no alcohol, low alcohol. It's like you're having these nootropics in our world. And this yeah. is the post around like what Bruce talked about. Like you're having these <laughs> beverages that are kind of around euphoric feeling nootropics or get you, get you in a certain mood that um, if you are not taking these products ever, like not a supplement user or sports nutrition user that's used to like these ingredients at a much level, higher level, like it'll give you a certain feeling that's a little bit better than just going out completely dead sober and watching all your friends get uh, piss ass drunk and you just sit there and judge them. At least gets you in a better mood to, to, to enjoy those afternoon or evenings uh, at the bar. It's so fucking interesting to me because like I'm, I I pulled up the one that we talked about. It's called Kin, I believe, um, was the one that it's called. 
Social Hour High Road is the name of the product. It's Euphorics for Humankind. I'm pulling it up here. Basically, it's eight servings in a bottle that looks very similar to a bottle of like whiskey or whatever. So it literally – I'm just going to read this so people can listen. High Road is a nightlife beverage that sparks conscious connection. The secret is in the stack. Balancing adaptogens, replenishing nootropics, and nourishing botanics – Lift the mind and relax the body to open the spirit to people around you. Basically, becoming social, right? Like when you go out and drink, everybody know, everybody's heard the term liquid courage, man. You see a hot girl across the bar. If you're sober or sin, you're not saying a goddamn word to her. But if you have, if you have one tequila in you, or if you're Josh Shaw and you have a, 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 you, you've guzzled a keg of beer, you are walking over to that chick and you are making sure that she does not leave without your phone number in a non creepy way, Josh. I mean, I, I, yeah. I know you're not that creepy. So, um, But they want you to drink it over ice. They want you to drink this, in, in this particular case, just like an alcoholic beverage. The price? 39 bucks, $39 for eight servings. But so it's $5 a drink, right? I mean, if you go to a bar in Austin, Texas, you're paying at least $12 a drink. So, I mean, it's yeah. still, it's still a, a steal. But now you can't take this into a bar with you. But honestly, like, my curiosity is sparked. I, I, I would like to try this because just... Just to see what it does, man. I know the feeling. Like, let's be real. I love the feeling of being drunk sometimes. Like, I think it's great. I think getting getting hammered is, is fun. It can be fun. Now, I don't like the calories that come with it. I don't like I, – I absolutely hate the seven-day hangover that comes with it at my age. It's terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, if this is something – that you know could work. I don't. I mean, I'm so torn because I, I think it's I think it's a cool idea, but I think it's a, it has a shit future. But I mean, that's just my initial reaction. But I, I understand that we are becoming more health conscious, and people like that feeling of being you know the, the high of being intoxicated. And here's a, a product, one of many products that exist that would potentially give you that feeling. I, I, have you ever personally tried any of this stuff? I have not. Um, I've been following the movement for a couple of years now, and it's mostly because of working in the bigger beverage categories and having a few projects closer to like the alcoholic uh, beverage category. So you have this, you have like very big macro data that's just like pointing you towards like not very good future. Um, sure. And I think it's like 50% of Americans uh, want to limit their alcohol use in the future. I think it's 66% of millennials. So you have like the younger consumers okay. that are literally saying like, we are not going to drink as much as, as we used to. At least they're saying that, you know, that's their yeah. aspiration level to do this. But if you are in a beer company, if you're AB InBev or you are uh, Miller Coors or, or something like that, and you're saying like, well, you know, what do we, what do we do here? How do we, um, how do we curb this? You know what I mean? And I think that you're seeing small brands start to attack this and try to see if there is actually a market, a viable market out there in these kind of worlds. So you have like the, you were talking about the fitness, yeah. which is more aligned to us. Like, so you have this idea of what they call like running beers, which is kind of in this world of like moving it into like functional beverages right. where you have like extra additive um, like electrolytes or something that helps it um, perform a little bit better if you we're just getting done with like a fun run or you you did some yoga at um, Lululemon and maybe all the girls went over to a bar to do brunch after. Like it's right. kind of fitting that little world there, right. which, um, you know, fits a fragmented market. I think the world today like is very much fragmented, personalized you know, markets. Like you're looking for something that best suits your use case at that time. Right. So if that is telling you, hey, this is the best for an after fun run uh, product cool, it's better than drinking your Miller Lite or your Bud Light. Like you just think it's better for you, even though it's almost the same exact composition of the beer. You just think to yourself, well, this one's telling me it's for me. So it's perceived personalization. 
I'll take it. It's good. It's working out for me because you're used to, especially as a millennial, getting targeted by marketed all day. You're like, you're used to this. You're used right. to them saying, this is for you. You know, here's the personalized marketing pitch for you based around a bunch of A-B tests that we've done on your persona for Facebook uh, advertising. So if somebody tells you it's for you, you're like, oh, this is for me. It's obviously Bud Light's not for me because they're not marketing to me like that. So I'm going to drink whatever this, you know, alcohol is that's for uh, after yoga or whatever. It's interesting because there's the alcohol based concoctions, right? Like um, I think there's a there's a company out there called like Fit Wine as well, which is like better yes. for you wine. I think they actually I think they're sold in like Hy-Vee's and actually like some some supermarkets. Yes. So they're doing very well. Um, there is a vodka company that is like a protein vodka or it's a fitness first vodka yeah. um, that, that gained popularity through Instagram. And then there's the the flip side, right? And then there's the non-alcoholic stuff, which was which was which was what I was just talking about. So have you the momentum in terms of like this this category? I, I think that momentum is in better for you alcohol still versus like this alcohol alternative, which is what I just brought up. But I don't know, man. I, I think people. I mean, can you can you envision a, a world or a place where people are sipping on just like nootropics and adaptogens, and they're getting this feeling of of like mental clarity and social outgoingness that, that that's a that's a non alcoholic beverage? Like, I have a hard time buying into that. I think in its current form, allowability, um, I don't think so. I mean, we, we talked off camera right before this, so it makes sense just to kind of mention it. Like if you're adding marijuana, um, you know, THC or, or some other cannabinoids together, or maybe in some of the areas if it becomes fully legalized to do like uh, municipal mushrooms or things of that nature, like then that I think takes it to a level of like you can trade off alcohol for marijuana or you could trade off alcohol for um, you know, mushrooms or something like that. I think that gives you a, a, a better comparison for people that would be willing to trade off on those things. Right. But from like a non-alcoholic movement, it's interesting because like I remember when I was turning 21 and when somebody was drinking a non-alcoholic beer at a bar, that was an alcoholic. Right. That person, they couldn't drink alcohol, so that was what they drank. And it was like this weird like, wow, okay, man, like just put it to rest. Like, can't you just drink water? You know, yeah. like kind of this weird, like you, you judgment type of a thing. But now it's moved into like a younger crowd that it's cool. And I just, honestly, I looked up a, uh, it popped up on, on Twitter and I, I kind of dug into it last night. And that's where this kind of topic kind of came up around um, a investment round by a company, uh, Athletic Brewing. So Athletic Brewing it just got their series B. It's like $18 million investment from the guy that started Tom shoes, like Blake Mikowski. And then Darren, uh, Ravel, like the guy that used, he does a bunch of the stuff. Like I think he was on ESPN before, yeah. but he's, yep. he's like a big Twitter personality. His investment company also put in money. Um, but it's a non-alcoholic, um, beer company. And it's basically just brewed in, I think San Diego where the old, um, uh, maybe Stone Brewing or, or somebody, uh, so a big brewing company. So they they overtook over like that space. So they're doing a lot of really good things. So like there's a movement that's happening towards like people that want to drink something that still has a lot of flavor, a lot yeah. of taste, like micro brew level um, taste of beers, but not have the alcohol included in them. I just don't know if, to your point, like if it's, you know, everybody in the room is doing it. I think it's still going to be like a subsection of people that are this so sober curious movement, like where they are on the spectrum of like how, how sober are they, I guess? Yeah. Because 
sober curious is, is not just like you're not drinking at all. It's kind of like you're just choosing at times to stop drinking or, you know, to your point, maybe you have an event that you can't drink. So you're still want to go out. So it's like you're choosing a, a sober curious moment moment in the spectrum. And then you go back to drinking for a little bit and then you go back. It's kind of this weird, like phase, I guess, of, of whatever. It's just kind of the labeling of things to make everybody feel like they're a part of a tribe or a community. Yeah, I think to the point, too, is like this, the, the non-alcoholic type of, of beverages or, or products that we're talking about, I mean, they're not going to be available in a bar. You know, they're going to be available to purchase to bring into your home. For, I mean, for the vast majority of bars. So then, then you go yeah. out and you experience nightlife, and then what do you do? Do you revert to water? Now you're that yeah. person drinking water. Listen, I don't give a fuck if you're drinking water. I'm, yeah. I, I'm totally okay with that. But there is this stigma like, oh, you're the dude or girl just drinking water, right? Like it sucks. It's stupid that it doesn't exist, but it does exist. So, um, you know, until – major like bar scenes like brothers or something which is a big college bar i mean let's throw one out there starts carrying some of this stuff it's gonna be very very difficult for it to 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 bring up the nightlife i think i think um you know this better for you alcohol movement this Michelob golden ultra light with 80 carbs or whatever like that's kind of where where it's still gonna be i mean you see commercials on tv now um with Michelob using like john cena for instance which is you know a big big celebrity doing um doing that then you have like these seltzers which i mean i think a lot of people need to understand like these white claws and uh these trulies like they are not any better for you than than a, than a <laughs> bottle of beer so like but there's no calories there's no sugar in it well come on guys there's still alcohol it, and there's... It, it's distilled from sugar though it's yeah. like it's funny that they and that's kind of where i think all this is really starting to take off is is the white claw movement is that truly movement like we talk a lot on our uh, podcast around like Bang and how like Bang Energy, like the growth of their company and how much sales they've had and whatever. Like if you look at the sales growth rates of uh, White Claw and Truly, just puts Bang Energy to, sh- to shame. Like it's not even close. Like they're just crushing uh, people right now. So you have this like movement of a lot of people changing over to like this hard seltzer, which is kind of just like a continuation of like the LaCroix movement yeah. that was happening, you know, years before where everybody was changing over to this like seltzer water and they thought, wow, this is, you know, the best for me and this is great and, and whatever. So it seems to be that like people are starting to make a little bit of a, of a change in their daily habits. It's better for you decision. And an interesting point that happened last Super Bowl, not this past one, but the one before was that um, Bud Light put out a, yep. uh, you know, an, an ad around like the full transparency of their of their label of their Bud Light, uh, basically uh, saying like, this is all that it includes. And yep. other beers have like corn syrup and, you know, things in there or whatever. And that's actually another kind of thing to think about. Like we, we mentioned in the sports nutrition space or supplement space a lot around like full transparent labels and, and uh, clean labels and things. But this is a phenomenon that's happening everywhere, even in a category that is not good for you. People are <laughs> right. still saying, I want to know what's in this because if I'm going to make a bad decision, I want to make the best bad decision that I can make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's let's make the best bad decision I can make here from, you know, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I'm going to hit Taco Bell up like Josh Shaw and then I'm going to make even a worse decision from that point. Um, it, <laughs> I, yeah, okay, let, I mean, we talked about this too, and I, I, I jokingly said before we came on the podcast, isn't marijuana an alternative to alcohol? Like, isn't that, like, the, the better-for-you alcohol? And, and quite frankly, with it becoming more um, readily available and legal in, in different states, that, it's going to be hard. Like, if, 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 if marijuana is an option, 
that is, I don't know how much it even costs for marijuana. Honestly, I have no fucking clue how much you can buy stuff for. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much it, how much a, 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 is, a, is a dime bag? Is that marijuana terms or is that something else? I have no idea. <laughs> See, like, this is how ignorant I am to the, to the, to the ganj industry. But um, I would think, like, if I'm looking at this non alcoholic can you, you fork product for 40 bucks or eight servings, can I get eight servings of marijuana for 40 bucks? I have no idea. But I think, like, marijuana does give you that feeling of, I mean, gives you that, I don't know, quote, unquote, drunk feeling. Now, I don't necessarily know if everybody is, like, socially outgoing when they smoke. Some people are kind of, you know, to themselves. I, I mean, from my personal experience, I hate it. Like, I don't like the way I feel when smoking marijuana. I also was drunk when I smoked marijuana, so that's probably not a great concoction. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you here, and I don't know. Josh grew up in Ohio. He lives in Austin. I'm sure that you, you at least get a contact high every now and then walking down the streets if, you, if you've never done it yourself. Have you? Well, I used to live in Colorado when I went legal. Oh, so, so yeah, I, you're a stoner. Josh Shaw's like, a stoner. Yeah, basically, yeah. Just, <laughs> just by proximity of where I lived, I was a stoner. Yeah, no. I would say that um, that's probably where this all gets interesting, as, as you said about like marijuana, because um, I think that goes first. Like, I think the the first year that the Gallup poll done like national polling, uh, this is kind of the first year that it's been over 50% that people have said like legalize marijuana. It's fine. Just legalize it. It's good. Right. Um, and then that kind of, creates a bunch of things of extra supply. You know, we're already seeing some of that with like the CBD side of things, but yeah. like, you know, full on growing, like, is that able to grow in the middle of Iowa or Wisconsin or Ohio? Like, can they just grow uh, cannabis? Do they need to uh, grow corn or soybeans or whatever? It's like, then you start to get more supply because that crop maybe is worth more. So then you have, you know, kind of that pricing that goes down that maybe it makes it to a point where a, a beverage um, is, you know, more or less within the range of like a cocktail or right. something like that, where you can have those. I know like in Colorado, California, uh, things like that, they already have like bars or places of, uh, that actually serve, you know, beverages or foods that are made with um, these things. But uh, it's not necessarily readily available to like go to a 7-Eleven and pick up a, you know, whatever. You might see some like CBD stuff, but not from like a full THC level. You still have to go to a, um, you know, a actual marijuana shop in those places, it's they just have to still get a license and everything because there's tons of regulation on that side. It's not to the full level of like, you know, 7-Eleven or a Walmart can just sell you a, a 10 milligram THC uh, beverage. Yeah, it's interesting because like if I'm sitting here thinking to myself personally, if I'm going to either – if I would drink this this concoction or this better for you, I'll call it like an actual liquid that probably tastes like shit. I have no idea. Or do I want to eat an edible or a brownie? Uh, and get yeah. kind of the same feeling. I'm going brownie all every day. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. So, like, it's funny that these 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 new alternatives to alcohol are coming out. They need to think bigger picture. Like, your your competition is not alcohol, just alcohol. It is yeah. the CBD, the marijuana, the THC market. It is. Um, you know, whatever else out there might give you that feeling. So, um, I mean, where are we at in terms of, in your opinion, in terms of like tipping point, right? We always talk about like tipping trends within the space. And like, so if, if those of you watching on YouTube, I'm using my hands to kind of say like, like turmeric, for instance, is just an ingredient that was kind of like a tipping point a couple of years ago and kind of got tipped. CBD obviously got knocked the fuck over. Um, like this trend, this this alcohol alternative, this better for you alcohol, these these like fit wines and stuff, like are we... How far are we, do you think, in terms of that being more of an actual conversation where this podcast might be a little bit more relevant in that, in that day and age? It's probably going to be a few more years because, to your point, most alcoholic beverages are sold on-premise. And if you can't buy these things on-premise, then it's right. hard for them to get traction. Like the, the White Claws and all those, like they've gotten on-premise now. You can get them on tap or you can buy them at yeah, a stadium. Or you, 
you know, you can buy them kind of anywhere now. So like now, now that's a viable option. Like that is a one-to-one competitor to a, a Bud Light or Miller Light, where these brands, like though they might be in small, like super hipster places around where I live in Austin or in LA or, um, you know, Portland, something like that, you're not going to be able to just walk into any, um, you know, location that you're getting your food at and just say, Hey, do you have, you know, whatever fit, fit fine, or, you know, whatever these types of things, or even the ones that are non-alcoholic, I don't think you're going to have like the old school non-alcoholic beers that they probably had the six pack in the back of the cooler since like 2012. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're right. I think we are still a ways out. It's interesting to talk about it now. Um, but then I think we need to revert our thinking. It's like, okay, does this become something within our space? Like, yeah. are we, are we in the dietary supplement industry? Are we looking at this as an opportunity because nootropics already exist. Like we, 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 we produce them at mass for, you know, um, you know, for, for, uh, what the hell's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, uh, what's that, uh, Silicon Valley, right? Like we, we, this stem from Silicon Valley, like people need to be more laser focused down in vision, but now do we look and does a brand, you know, that exists out there like muscle sports or whoever think like, should be, should we create something that gives you, um, you know, if, it, if fitness is truly your first priority or one of your top priorities, then you shouldn't be drinking alcohol, but can we build something or create something that gives you that feeling that you seek when you drink? And I have not had any, I mean, we've had brands kind of like talk about it, but they're, they're out there trying other brands. I mean, is that something in, from, if you're, if, if a brand comes to you and say, Josh, should we consider this? Should we consider creating this? Because quite frankly, in our space, they'd be a first mover and they could have a cool marketing campaign around it. But again, what's the price tag going to be compared to what actual alcohol costs and does it work? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's probably just going to be marketing towards like already existing products of like capsules, pills, powders. I don't think anybody moves into like beverage because then you're getting into a whole different world of like expirations and uh, minimum quantities and and whatever. I I think it's still way too early for like somebody that's going to use that as like an ancillary business. But I just saw last night on uh, Vice, uh, you know, the big media company news organization, uh, they just had a, a story out around an ingredient that sometimes gets used in our space, um, Canna, like K A N N like yeah, saying, yeah, Kana, yep. like saying yep. basically like, um, you know, at certain dosages, um, it could have a feeling of MDMA, you know what right. I mean? Like, so if you're trying to get off of, you know, party drugs, like an ecstasy yep. or something like that, maybe there's some euphoric type of feeling that you can get from this supplement and it's allowable. It's been sold for, you know, what they're saying centuries and you know, whatever it is, but basically like you're going to start to see maybe you know, we think about nootropics a lot of times in the sense of like more like brain activity, productivity, you know, whatever. But there's another side of it that's more towards like the euphoric happiness, you know, type of feeling that maybe is more suitable for these types of people that are looking to, um, you know, party, but not party the way they used to, which is, it's just interesting because I think there's a persona in our space that, everybody lives this lifestyle where they don't go out and drink. You know, the the fitness models that you look at on Instagram, they don't go out and party. They do. And honestly, if you went to any like trade show or anything that they're there, if you're with any ghost those, Yeah, you go to those clubs late at that night. They're out there drinking up a storm. So it's like, it's weird because like, there's this persona that everybody puts on uh, for Instagram. And then there's the real life. Like they drink just like anybody else, even if they are, you know, also competing for, bodybuilding shows, maybe not during that prep, but like the rest of the year, they're still consuming alcohol, pizza, ice cream, like (laughs) any other normal person. They just don't highlight those things. So I don't know if there's like as big of a space just in the fitness world that you could just target those. I think it's also like just a lot of people that talked about earlier in the thing, like 
just super ambitious, like people that are young professionals that have really uh, hard jobs that they need to be on 24 seven. Like for me, like I, I drank maybe once or twice in the last year. I like to drink. I, I used to drink a lot. I mean, college and things, but my life has gotten to the point where like, it's hard for me to take that next day off because like I wake up the next day, I feel foggy. Then I have to basically say that, is this night worth two days to me or three days to me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I say, on come, on, come on, four days, five days. Come on, Josh, yeah, five you, days. Yeah, you're like, old. But you have to make that conscious decision as like, an, especially as an entrepreneur, you're like, is it worth it? In my kind of cost benefit, usually it's not. It's like, no, I, I don't need to. I just would rather just drink water or drink whatever and just go with it and overdoing uh, what I used to do and just kind of like power through it. I can't do it. At 35, I can't power through it anymore. It's like yeah, you have to make decisions as an adult. So I think that's a bigger market where like people realize like I used to be able to go hard and be able to the next day to go wake up. I can't do this anymore with my new job and ambitions and everything that I want to achieve. I think that's probably a bigger market than like the fitness ones because I feel, I still think fitness people still drink and try to have a release. Um, it wouldn't be as big because you're already like you're, you're niching a niche, I guess. Yeah. I mean, in this space, obviously, there's there's a product called Neutralize. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's supposed mm-hmm. to help cure the hangover. So that's kind of the direction our space is taken in terms of alcohol consumption. Not necessarily a better for you alternative to alcohol, but like, hey, if you're going to drink, take these and hopefully it cuts down your hangover. Now, I've personally taken them and I feel like it has worked sometimes for me, but I've also had really, really bad hangovers. So, um, but if you also think about what this space has done. And, and looking at big category, categorical items to make them better for you. They, you know, they looked at candy bars and said, we can make protein bars. They made protein bars. They looked at a soda and they made you know, better for you energy drinks-ish. Uh, I, I have a hard time saying that. But there are – like I would drink a – like a, we were talking before, like a C4 Smart Energy before I drink a can of Mountain Dew all day every day. Um, so now the next logical step is like, okay, we've taken food items. We've taken – we've already been in beverage. Can we can we take on alcohol? Can we create a better for you version of alcohol within our space? Because I think it, it it potentially could be a huge opportunity, but you have to do it right, and it has to be something that a if it's a liquid, it has to taste good, it has to have decent taste to it, and it has to most importantly provide that feeling. Because if you just want to provide an alternative beer, um, then like what feeling are you going to get? Am I just drinking liquid? I must well just drink water because you're going to have to charge like three, four bucks a can. I mean, at minimum, probably whatever it is. So if you are going to say, okay, you got to drink, you know, four of these nootropic beverages, carbonated beverages to get the same feeling as four beers or whatever it might be, like then you got to start thinking like, okay, well, we can't necessarily have caffeine because if you get over caffeinated, this is going to happen. So it's a science project for sure. And I would challenge somebody to come out with it because I think it, it might be. It might be an okay opportunity for something, but it's going to be very hard, I think, to price it accordingly because I think alcohol is just super cheap to, to obviously produce. And when you're doing such a specialty item like that, if it's a beverage, you know, unless it's a pill, you know, you pop a pill that gives you that feeling, which, which I mean, listen, brands have already created those pills in the past and gotten in trouble for it. <laughs> those pills yeah. have existed. So it's not like we can't do it. We know we can do it, but can we do it legally, I think, is a bigger question mark. So um, is it an opportunity in our space? I think it is. I don't think anybody has the balls to touch it or at least to do it yet because I just don't think they know what to do with it. Like, what do you do? I'm not going to create a fitness-first beer that doesn't have alcohol but provide, the, provide that type of feeling. I can't. I mean, there, is there a, there's not a brand I could think of that where it would even be a good fit. Like, in the top of my head, like, thinking, like, I mean – you know, candidly, we talked to Ryan and, and Dan over at Ghost, and they said, like, we got tired of people, like, not being able to show themselves out in the nightlife. Like, we yeah. create a brand because this is the life that we live. Like, yeah, we like to party. We like to do fitness. 
could Ghost create something that says, listen, this is our lifestyle. But I think Ghost embraces the fact that they drink alcohol. Like, why, why create an alcohol alternative? It's like, it's okay to drink alcohol. It's okay to do these things because everybody does it. So I can't even think of a brand where it would be a good strategic fit to even do something like this. Yeah, because it, it it, it's counter to a lot of, especially like with the Ghost, like they, it's, it's counter to them because they're not necessarily – they're telling you moderation, but there's there's lot there's two sides of that life. Um, they would be better off doing like a high end small batch, you know, alcohol type of c- collaboration or something like that. Not doing like a you know a, a low alcohol or non alcoholic right. whatever. It's like I think you'd have to do like maybe one of these like crazy um, brands that have like an owner that's like super strict to everything and you gotta like eat clean and if you eat pizza, it's the worst thing ever. Like that would be the only one. I can't think of any of those people off the top of my head, but like something like that maybe, but off, it just doesn't work. Like to your point, I think there's a level of complexity that comes into this with the science project. Like you were saying, like you mentioned Fitvine. Like I, I remember, um, reading up on that project and they were, um, talking about that it was, it took them a while to understand, you know, how to get the sugar level down to an acceptable, you know, thing where it could be like a differentiation factor against regular wine. Um, and they needed to go through all these like distillation processes and like all these different things that they had to do to like basically make the product still taste as great as a, uh, any other wine, but have much lower sugar alcohol that they can actually, you know, stand in front of it and say, this is much better for you type of a situation that takes a lot of like moving into that science over marketing thing. Like I think you can definitely take existing products and remarket them into different spaces. Uh, and, and people might do that. And, and I've already tried to do that. Right. But I think creating a completely new product is a little bit foreign to a lot of people in our space currently. Um, and I don't think that they're going to want to take on all of that R and D side because they're gonna have to go out and raise capital. They're gonna have to raise a bunch of different things. And if this is a side project, again, it just becomes like, it doesn't make sense from your resources perspective. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's an interesting conversation. I think, you know, for, for this space or the alternative space, you, you're better off looking at like your Coke and Pepsis of the world to see like what they can come out with. Now, I, didn't you just recently talk with um, Tyler over at like, um, at Defy Brands about, about like an alcohol something or another? Oh yeah. I mean, there was, um, this was quite a while ago, uh, monster during, maybe it was three or four quarters ago. Um, their CEO was talking about like, where does monster energy, like the portfolio company, where does that necessarily go in the future? And the CEO was talking about, you know, Hey, we're looking at obviously marijuana. We're looking at, you know, some other things and we're looking at alcohol and it wasn't necessarily like, you know, creating a four loco reboot uh, because there are some like what rules. bring it back baby yeah, bring it back <laughs> yeah the the fda put a kibosh to that nostalgia one. you know they, so they're gonna need to like figure that out but you're seeing now um a lot of companies that are doing hard um coffees or hard like there's there's weird sub um <coughs> things that got like um, gray areas that got right. created during the fda like putting the kibosh on on four loco but uh I think it's, I think it's, you know, you never know, like, cause I think out, at that time, energy drinks was like, it was misunderstood. People thought energy drinks, I mean, people still think energy drinks are terrible for you, but it's like, I think they thought like literally it was, you were going to die if you drank these things because it was such a small category and only like these super partiers were having this stuff. And then now you have a category that's exploded three X since that time. Right. And you have a lot of people that are obviously interested in energy drinks. Um, and they might want to think about re, you know, doing that law around the alcohol and the energy drink type of a play. Like you never know the FDA could obviously walk back on some things. Um, that's a hope and a dream for me. Cause I honestly think that 
I liked Four Locos back in the day. That, that's yuck. Because that was like tasted like shit. When we were in college, yeah. that was like, I mean, I, I love those things. I, I talked to the the uh, co-founder on uh, LinkedIn a couple months ago, and and I was telling him about how much I loved uh, those, and he's like, man, everybody did, but it's the problem is the FDA came in and said everybody was having way too much fun. So. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it moves back in that direction. <laughs> It'd be nice. I mean, maybe we could relive our college years and actually be able to perform the next day. You know, I just think give everybody a bottle of MD 2020 and call it a day. I mean, <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> All right. If you, I'd love to get you guys' input on this too, this whole Better For You All Call movement. If you've tried these alternatives before, I actually uh, – I will, I will personally reach out to some of these companies and see if they're willing to send Josh and I some stuff, and we will uh, we'll try it. And uh, I'll, I'll make my way to Austin, Josh. We will, we will chug a whole bottle of this uh, nightlife nootropic thing, and then we'll walk down 6th Street and see if, if yeah. we have as much fun as we're supposed to have. Um, <laughs> let your girlfriend know that you'll be home by 4 a.m. because apparently we're going to rip it up in rage. Hit that, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, over at YouTube. Write us a review if you like what you heard here. It helps out the algorithm. Check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Two guys, one shaker cup. He's at Shaw Consulting at Fitness Informant. Don't get too drunk off of non-alcoholic beverages the next week, Josh. I, I need you. I understand like at your age, super old, 35, when you drink like an old duels or a non-alcoholic beverage, your hangover lasts you at least a week and a half. I need you next week. I need you here. Yep, I'll promise that. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.